We are live for another Trigger Proof Transmission. Welcome once again. I'm Dr. Nima Romani, and I help people break cycles of intergenerational trauma so that they can have healthy, secure relationships. I teach what I most needed to learn, and what I most needed to learn was how to regulate my autonomic nervous system and move my insecure attachment disposition in relationships as kind of like avoidant, desperately wanting connection, but when it would come, I need space, uh, to shifting myself to a more secure state. And I thought, hey, if I could go from constant insecure relationships to creating a secure relationship. I kind of put the pause on trying to help other people and be Dr. Nima to the rest of the world. And I realized there was this missing piece in my life. And so uh, I kind of put a pause on helping other people. I stopped working for about six months, uh, took a sabbatical and left to understand uh, the polyvagal theory, attachment theory, um, somatic experiencing, autonomic nervous system regulation. I just nerded out on it, the neuroscience of healthy, secure relationships. I thought if there's a neuroscience to it and then I could take all the intelligence that I already had <clears throat> and turn it into actual capability of creating a secure relationship, maybe if I could do it, maybe this could be the missing piece that I'd been looking for, not only in my own life, but with clients that would constantly fall into same patterns. Patients, I'm a chiropractor. Um, for 20 years, I've been helping people regulate their nervous systems without even knowing it. I just thought, remove interference from the nervous system and the body does its job. It absolutely does. However, it does not address Chiropractic doesn't address the attachment wound that created the uh, kind of distress within the nervous system, creating the triggers in the nervous system that get replicated in our relationships, causing insecure relationships, toxic relationships, whatever you want to call it, um, codependency. Uh, it shows up in our relationships. Isn't that interesting that... 20 years as a mind and body kind of specialist helping people who are stressed, depressed, stuck, sore, going through breakdown of relationships in my life. And in that journey, unconsciously, I was creating my own methodology for myself to heal attachment traumas so that I could feel safe in my body. I could be able to be responsive rather than reactive to what activated or triggered me so that I didn't keep repeating patterns in my relationships. So I teach what I most needed to learn and I absolutely love talking about this. And so if you're, uh, if you're here listening to me for the very first time, uh, welcome, welcome to the community. Uh, I had a question, a post that I did a couple weeks ago, um, several weeks ago, and I asked, how do you self-sabotage? That's a very interesting word that a lot of people love to use. How do you self-sabotage? And 
immediately within, I had like a bunch of comments. I'm going to share them with you. And let me know, ask yourself that question. How is it that you self-sabotage? And I'm going to go through some, some kind of observations, some usual suspects of self-sabotage that you might relate to. See how it relates to you. Notice what happens in your body as you're listening to this training. And then by the end of it, I'm going to show you exactly what must be done in order to deal with this specific, with this really frustrating part of our lives. I mean, come on, how many times have you made a commitment that you were going to lose the weight, that you were going to take the course, that you were going to uh, quit your job, you were going to write the book, you were going to... Um, Heal your attachment wounds. You're going to deal with your traumas. <laughs> and you come up, and this is one of the really difficult parts of my job. <clears throat> I get to literally <coughs> have people reach out and do discovery calls with me and really commit to something amazing. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> the opportunity to change you know, they're on one second, they're in tears crying. I can't take this anymore. It's I'm done. I'm done. I can't live like this anymore. It's costing me too much. And now after a thousand of these calls, I listen and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm attentive, but my spider senses are going, uh-huh, yep, sure, mm-hmm, because... What happens when you commit to something and then you know that it's not going to be easy, you know that it's not going to be comfortable, you know that it's not going to be convenient, all of a sudden you had made a commitment 10 minutes ago and then the possibility of change starts to come up and I literally watch people, I think about now, it's a lot less now that we have a kind of like a, <clears throat> a weeding out process in our um, in our uh, trainings and in our c community, like in my private community of cycle breakers. Oh, by the way, how do you like my new t-shirt? Um, the people who take on this work of healing their traumas do so because they don't want to pass this shit down to their kids. Therefore, being a cycle breaker. And check out this here, this little onesie just got... So my dad is a cycle breaker and we're gonna, my mom is a cycle breaker. We're going to have all of these little things, onesies. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> so we're, we're getting merch for this because being a cycle breaker is a commitment. You know, imagine if your parent was on this, they had social media like 50 years ago and your parents were on this video and they had an opportunity to actually work at breaking the cycles that came from their parents and their parents and their parents and then as a result of their wounding raised you imagine if they had an opportunity and they were faced with the opportunity to address those wounds what would you tell them to do what would you say you'd say do it do it but what happens is when I see somebody, especially even if they're a parent and they're like crying, I can't do this to my kid. My baby is going to have the same upbringing and is like, I promised myself I would never be like my parents. And here I am, just like my mom. It's time to change. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And then all of a sudden, when it comes time to take action and commit, guess what happens? It's self-sabotage. <clears throat> I'm going to reframe self-sabotage for you, but I'm going to use the language that we see in the current narrative <clears throat> that you've probably also used in reference to yourself, and that is, boom, what happens is the ego comes up. And the ego, because when we're talking about self-sabotage, we got to talk about the ego. The ego, which is the story of who I think that I am, the story I've made up of who I think that I am, the performance that I'm putting up, the um, kind of the, 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 the story that I'm telling, <laughs> the identity that I've taken on, all of a sudden goes, wait, in order to have those new results, you're going to have to take on a new identity. And I'm terrified of losing what I know to be true. So, and then the person makes excuses, time, money. Oh, my kids, one dude, I will never forget. His wife had an affair and um, there wasn't an emotional connection in their relationship. You can feel it in him, he just rationalizes. When I would ask him about his challenges, he would just laugh, laugh it off and go into story. And I keep trying to, and this is what I do when I'm coaching somebody and I'm, uh, you know, even on an enrollment call where they're kind of considering working with us, I kind of see, I'm like, tell me how that feels. And just by your response, I can tell how much your ego is trying to protect that, that wound, you know, that vulnerability. And this lack of access to vulnerability causes dis disconnection in our relationships, which is it precisely why I could see his wife was trying to get connection elsewhere. You know, when we're not, when I'm not giving it in a relationship and you feel trapped with me, you're gonna connect with somebody else and go, oh my God, there's probably a better offer. And I, I be, not that it's my fault, but you know, the field in my, in my relationship with you gets set up with a greater possibility, probability of you trying to find it elsewhere. Not that it's my fault, but I'm just saying, you know, human, human nature, understanding human behavior. If we can understand this, get a, a bird's eye view and understand, then we have an advantage. And this guy, you could see he was dissociated. And so when it came time to solving it, which was him finding his confidence, finding his voice, uh, not becoming needy and hovering around her, which is driving her insane. They're trying to rebuild. And she had done it again and again and again. And I was like, if we don't solve this, what's going to happen? He's like, it's probably going to happen again. I'm like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, when it came time to resolve it, he's like, oh, well, I got to check with my wife and see if it's okay with her. I'm like, wait, what? Can you see the sabotage happening? You're basically have an opportunity to transform something and you're about to take a step in that direction and then boom some sort of an excuse some story which feels like a physiological panic attack i literally saw him just panic and turn into like an eight-year-old boy when he thought of the possibility of actually changing this identity so this concept of self-sabotage is very powerful. It's not a rational process. It's something that you know, listen, you know the apple is better for you than the donut. 
You know, you know that getting the work done and crossing off the list is going to help your business. Rationally, you know that asking for what you desire or saying no and setting up your boundary is good for you and the relationship. You know logically. So why is it that when it comes, when push comes to shove, your physiology goes into a fight or flight, your autonomic nervous system goes into shutdown, and now there's a younger part of yourself that takes over, the unconscious mind, your unconscious. These are unconscious wounds from childhood. And, and Carl Jung says, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you'll call it fate. Oh, I keep, you know, uh, sabotaging my goals, sabotaging my weight loss, sabotaging my business, sabotaging my relationship by just blowing shit up again and again and again. Well, let me know if you can relate to this. Let me know in the comment section if you can relate to anything that I'm saying. I hate Facebook Lives. I mean, I like doing them, <clears throat> not as much as real life because I can engage. But if you know, I'm, I'm getting your engagement, I can actually see how this is landing. Let me know if this is landing. So when I asked what the self-sabotage patterns were, what we would see is I overthink leading up to doing something and then afterwards study, uh, struggle to enjoy the now. So she's sabotaging the now because she's overthinking. Let me know if that re resonates. Here's a good one. I don't feel right when things are going good. I'll overspend or do something stupid so I can need to be rescued. Ah, I run out of rescuers, so I, so I have tamed it down. I've run out of rescuers. <gasps> Has that ever happened to you? You know, I have a really neat perspective on these observations. As you listen to them, I want you to really look, you know. Um, Carla says, by apologizing, I sabotage myself by apologizing for everything because I was conditioned to think that everything is everything wrong is my fault somehow and by doing things to screw up or find ways of pushing boundaries and pushing people away. So she basically tries to screw up and pushes people away to get it, get type of, get some sort of something. And completely sabotages herself. One um, Susan said, I sabotage myself by playing a small game. Let me know if you can relate to that. Um, I sabotage myself. There's a great um, responses. I mean, check in the Facebook community, just how I sabotage, write the word sabotage search and just look some great examples and see if you can relate to them. Why start something when there are so many people doing X, Y, Z? Yeah. So I'm not gonna start a business of so-and-so because so many people are doing. Actually, that's when I wanted to leave chiropractic, I told my parents, I said, um, I wanna leave chiropractic and uh, teach people how to heal their attachment wounds because I discovered, made a huge discovery with my patients. And my parents were like, oh, there's so many people doing it. What are you, phony Tony Robbins, phony Tony? Anyway, so um, I know that excuse and so, how do we resolve that? Well, here's what I'm gonna invite you to the awareness of. There is no such thing as self-sabotage. Now let me say that again. There is no such thing as self-sabotage. The idea that we do things deliberately to harm ourselves, to hurt our chances, to destroy our lives, 
outwardly, I totally understand why we would see it that way because it doesn't feel like a positive thing. We assume that it's about positivity, that if we're doing something positive with our life, that we're moving forward. Well, I want to introduce you to this concept that you have this intelligence with, within you with an ego <laughs> is part of this intelligence. When you're unconscious, this unconscious ego will do everything it can to protect you. I want you to replace the word Anytime you're using the word self-sabotage, I want you to write down, I self-sabotage by, do this exercise. Grab a pen, okay? Let's try it right now, okay? And I have a little, a little gadget here. Okay, what does it look like? I self-sabotage by... Okay, so ask, that, ask yourself that question. I self-sabotage by, by the way, do you like my new little, my new little uh, iPad here? I self-sabotage by what? What do you do? Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the word self-sabotage, cross that word self-sabotage out, all right? And I want you to replace it with the word I self protect by boom. So in the example of why start something where there are so many people doing X, Y, Z. So I self sabotage by not moving forward you know, by not moving forward, by not uh, uh, doing the thing, by not taking the chance, by not taking the course, by not starting that business. So I want you to really see that as self-protection. I self-protect by not starting that business. I self-protect by eating a lot, right? I self-protect by smoking. How is that? How does that work? Well, it's simple. It's simple. I want you to really understand this very important concept that you've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work.
See you at the next perfect time. Our nervous systems are hardwired to protect us. And anytime we enter something new, something that's unfamiliar, we don't feel safe. Our nervous system doesn't feel safe. Our growth and our healing happens kind of as an example using this Hoberman sphere. You grow and expand and growing pains in a new environment and the first thing that happens, I don't belong. So I will unconsciously act in a way that to help me move back to the level of my safety. Let me give you another example. You win the lotto. What happens? There's a huge, I don't know the exact percentage, I think something like 80, 90% of lotto winners within five years are completely kaput. What have they done? Sabotaged their winnings? No. I want to introduce you to another concept. They're self-protecting. So if you're used to making 50 grand a year or you're completely on welfare, it it it's a demonstration that you don't you are not you do not have a capacity. It's not how much money you make. If you don't believe me, read the book The Wealthy Barber. It's not how much money you make. It's your capacity to contain abundance. If, if I have scarcity trauma where my nervous system has not accustomed to receiving and feeling worthy of receiving, if all of a sudden I win the lotto and overnight I win $2 million, boom, you think I'm happy, right? But what happens? It's funny, they did an Oprah Winfrey show on this and they said, all right, so let's do this as an example. There's a guy living underneath a bridge, he's homeless. Let's just show up and just give him $100,000. He's got $100,000 and let's see what he makes of his life. What did they discover? Within six months, he gets married, he gets divorced, he loses a truck and he now owes more money than he, he had originally and he originally moved into a hotel and all this stuff, but then at the end, he went back to living underneath the bridge. Oh. So the conclusions that the producers and kind of the conversation of the show was about was that there's kind of like this set point, what I gathered at least, you know, definitely wasn't the conversation, but there's kind of a set point capacity of what we feel that we deserve, right? And once we get to a certain level, and we don't feel safe in that new level, we will behave in such ways that will return us back to the level that we feel we deserve in health, in wealth, in love. It's all there, right? And so it's protection. It's not self-sabotage. And as I go deeper into the world of healing trauma, it becomes more and more clear that self-sabotage is actually self-protection. So how do we do this? Well, I'm gonna give you um, kind of like a little, I'll do a little, um, I'll use this little thing here. Boom, there it is, okay. By the way, I just wanted to show this off. It's pretty cute, hey? <laughs> so, so what happens? So there are four needs of our person personality personality or our ego this is ego protection all right there's four needs 
okay? The first one is certainty. This is familiarity. This is a sense of control, a sense of kind of like, yeah, this is predictable, right? And so what'll happen is we will self-protect so that we can create something that's predictable. What does that mean? It's, uh, you know, this one person who said this right here, she said, this is the perfect example uh, when, what is her name? Marilee, Marilee basically said, I don't feel right when things are going good. I don't feel right when things are going good. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel safe to be safe. So what will I do? I will start shit up. I will burn shit down. I will light shit on fire, <laughs> figuratively or literally. You know, you see people doing this. You see people burning shit up. It's a really great analogy, actually. I burned it to the ground. Why? Well, because there's a familiarity there. Growing up as a child, there was so much chaos. There was so much lack of safety that I developed a habituation of stress survival chemicals in my body. And so when I'm in a relationship and things are going good, it feels unfamiliar. So I'm going to start an argument. That's what my last relationship did. I remember things were going great. We were trying to heal and we were trying to fix this toxic mess uh, in the early stages of what I was learning in, in real time of what I'm kind of now teaching. Um, I remember everything was going great. And then all of a sudden she would just start to get really like hostile towards me. And this is when I started doing the inner, deep inner work. And then I paused and I said, you're trying to start a fight, aren't you? Because everything's going actually really well. And she's like, damn it, yeah, I am. And it's because all throughout her life was absolute chaos. She constantly lived, she lived with a, 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 a drug addicted uh, mother who did everything she could to, to make, make ends meet. And she would, you know, physically abuse her, neglect her. There, was, there wasn't food sometimes. Uh, and her mother was, you know, not there. And sometimes would get very hostile and she had to be hypervigilant, right? So this, those stress chemicals, those survival stress chemicals are very, are, they become a home away from home. So when you get into a relationship that feels secure, you're like, fuck that. I'm going to leave this dude totally safe and secure. And I'm going to go after the guy who is like cheating on me and treating me like absolute garbage. I'm just like a moth to a flame. Why? Why do I sabotage? Cross it out. I'm self-protecting. I'm bringing myself to a state of certainty. Let me know if the, any of that resonates with you. Number two, our need, our ego protects us with a state of uncertainty. <clears throat> we need a sense of adventure. You know, it's just enough to get our neurochemistry alive, right? If you're in a ho-hum-do-drum type of existence, uh, don't be surprised if you do th things that appear to be self-sabotaging because it develops a sense of adventure, you know? It's like, oh, I crashed my car or, oh, I lost all my money, you know? It's like the gambler who just... 
there's a little bit of an addiction to losing the money. It's like, oh, fuck, it's this adventure. It's this climb. It's this rebellion. It's this, oh, one of the ways that I used to do it was before live events, I would notice a chaos would be created. I'd think it was outside of me. But then when I started really looking and observing this, I saw that it was actually me doing it to me unconsciously because I like to have this little <clears throat> rebellion, this little hero's journey just before I begin. Uh, and I kind of got high off of the, the victory of it. So sometimes we create conflict. Some of us, some of you know, you might be listening, not even aware that the conflicts that you keep running into in your life are a unconscious strategy to maintain the sense of uncertainty and drama. We love it because it's, again, the certainty of familiarity. So there's a little bit of both. Let me know if any of that resonates with you in your story of self-sabotage, okay? Or self-protection. Number three is significance. We definitely, definitely, definitely have this deep desire to be significant, to stand out, to be important, right? Why am I always late? Oh, I sabotage my life with lateness. Uh, I self-protect my ego that doesn't feel very worthy, doesn't feel important, and then I show up late on accidentally on purpose so that I can get my significant needs met and protect that wounded child from feeling insignificant. <sighs> when I started seeing that, it was like, whoa, that just blew my mind. And then now, as we help our clients through these self-sabotaging behaviors and get them to really see by taking them through these exercises, walking them through, helping you see your blind spots, Ah, uh, the first step to this, by the way, we're doing what I'm doing right now, whether you're aware of it or not, is walking you through some deep shadow work, what we call dancing with your dark passenger. And this is why people don't do this level of work because it's really uncomfortable. Let me know if you're noticing yourself like wanting to barf or puke. If that's the case, then you're actually doing it right. This is part of the purification process. It's a very spiritual process and that's what cycle breakers do. Um, people who kind of do therapies to kind of stay on the surface and just tell the story uh, are, are learning something and it's interesting, but they're not actually healing. That's just a coping strategy. To be a cycle breaker, we gotta be willing to go deeper and be really uncomfortable with the truth. And part of that is going, yeah, you know what? I, uh, I get sick and I fall and I, I get injured because I get to be important. Now, here's the interesting thing about our ego when we're dancing with our dark passenger. Other people can see it, it's just we can't. So it takes a sense of trust with a guide and a community for you to be somewhere and then have a conversation. Imagine 50 people, 40 people having this conversation so you can find commonality and go, wow, I'm not the only... I'm not the only asshole that unconsciously uh, shows up late so that I can feel important or uh, totally starts a fight because it was just so familiar what I, what I know. It's just so bleh, vomit worthy when you first discover this. But until we make the unconscious conscious, 
it will rule our life and you'll call it fate. Oh, poor me, I'm a victim to all this self-sabotage. No, you're a little more powerful than you think when you're able to look at the truth this way. And the fourth one, the reason why we, uh, the needs that we have and these behaviors that we do unconsciously that seem self-sabotaging, what we're doing is we're self-protecting. It's a way of getting connection. So a, a classic example of this is people getting sick because they need connection. How many times have we seen, have I worked with families because we help heal family dynamics where a classic example of a woman from South Africa, she's a physiotherapist from South Africa with three boys and all three of these boys were estranged. None of them were talking to one another. And so she came to the... Um, overview experience workshop and she was trying to come to terms with the fact that her sons who she absolutely loved highest value was family and her family was kind of ripped apart and uh, she was healing from cancer and she realized that it was the cancer that brought the boys together and she just started bawling when she realized that her body wasn't failing her she wasn't sabotaging herself her, her body it wasn't self-sabotage uh, it wasn't a betrayal that her body was doing. Her body was actually intelligently working to help her get her highest values and needs met, which was connection. Soon as she saw that, what do you think happened to her nervous system? Just phew, complete regulation. There was no more war. There was no more fuck cancer type of conversation. But it was more of a opening. And wow, her heart opens. And lo and behold, she becomes more connected and she heals. And as part of her healing, I'm not saying that was the thing that healed her. Of course, she did all the other important things uh, that she felt were necessary on her healing journey. It's just whenever somebody is dealing with a chronic illness, we need to do, we need to be looking under, under the rocks where most people don't look. And that's what I'm uh, so... Um, so inspired to teach people is to really look at that, is to really observe that. And so certainty, uncertainty, presence, and connection are these unconscious reasons, these needs that we have, these unconscious reasons that if we don't learn how to actively meet those needs, we're going to engage in behaviors that sound and feel like sabotage, but they're actually protective to help us get those needs met. Does that make sense? And so the goal here is to see it and then create better strategies to get those needs met and to master the art of autonomic nervous system regulation by connecting with those younger parts that are getting their needs met in these kind of, let's call them less than desirable behavioral patterns and expand that space between stimulus and response, deepen self-love. And this is exactly what our work is, becoming trigger-proof, not trigger-less, but breaking the cycle of intergenerational trauma that didn't start with you. And you have a story. There's a younger self inside of you that didn't feel seen, didn't feel heard, had trauma with a capital T, which we all know of, but also trauma with a small T of, of growing up in a household where your parents didn't really uh, know how to meet your emotional needs. Hence, passing down those 
cycles of intergenerational trauma down to you in your nervous system. See what you're living with right now in your body, if you're feeling this state of background, kind of like angst, this free-floating anxiety that's all around you, especially during a time like this, where families are being divided, where people aren't speaking to one another, uh, people are losing their jobs, people are being forced to do things, people are dying because of either a disease or the side effects of the treatments of these disease. And our nervous systems are completely dysregulated and it is impacting our behavior, our forward movement in life, our health, our relationships. And the only way to kind of come on, you know, come to the other side of this clusterfuck of a, the past couple of years is to make sure that we are autonomically regulated, that we know how to become the active operators of our own nervous systems and not wait for some fantasy outside of us, like some president or some vaccine or some pill or some, you know, something some check from the government that's going to finally have me feel safe in my body. This lack of safety and anxiety, this angst that's deep within our nervous system didn't start with us, didn't start with the pandemic. It was there long before. It's just the pandemic has now exposed it all and now we can't hide all of the shit that we've been stuffing down and now becomes the time to break that cycle. So if you've been dealing with this perception of self-sabotage, which now hopefully you're now seeing from a different light and you really want to learn how to regulate that and you see yourself in this conversation and you want to basically say, look, it sucks that I do this, but there's you know, so many things that I want to do with this life. There's not a lot of time left. I mean, try this on. This is an exercise that I want you to do take the take 95 and then subtract your age i'm 45 so there's 50 and then multiply that by 365 so if i live to be 95 that's how many days that i have left okay now the first half of my life was just i learned a lot of crazy cool shit a lot of accomplishments that I'm proud of, a lot of successes, but there were some cataclysmic clusterfuck of breakdowns uh, that I had no idea. It was like an unconscious mess. And I'm committed that the 18,250 days that I have left, I am moving forward in kind of giving my gifts to the universe, in, in acknowledging what my gifts are, giving myself permission to live them on my own terms rather than the terms that were embedded into my nervous system from previous cycles, hence the title, hence the vision, hence the mission. And to break that cycle and then create something completely new that I designed, not because I'm trying to compensate for an old wound, but because I'm truly inspired and it helps to alleviate suffering. And I do what I love, where I love, with whom I love. And I'm creating a really great, uh, to create a really great family environment for my son so that he can grow up without the same unresolved wounds that I did. That's my vision. And so this community is growing 
of cycle breakers, people who are like, all right, they're, they DM me now. People DM me right now and say, I've been following your content and I'm ready to be a cycle breaker. Where do I begin? And so I'm super duper grateful to, to, to drop these little transmissions for you of whatever I'm, the conversations that are happening in our community. These are people who are very brave, very vulnerable, entrepreneurs, teachers, doctors, stay-at-home mo moms, dads, uh, mothers and daughters. We've had a, we have like three mother and daughter combos. Daughters doing the work, inspiring the mothers. Mothers doing the work, inspiring their daughters because the intimacy between their relationship is totally transformed. It's kind of spreading like healing is spreading like wildfire, like a like a virus. Hmm. And so my vision is that we have a community, global community of cycle breakers who are working at going inside and expanding that space between stimulus and response so your triggers aren't running your life you're not living with anxiety and recreating anxious attachments and sabotaging relationships by just burning shit up in the form of self-sabotage which is now as you know self-protection if you want to learn how to be the one to protect the self rather than doing it through these unconscious behaviors I wanna invite you to jump into our next training. Uh, the link is below and I'll see you at the next perfect time. Let me know what was most relevant for you in this training, if you have any other questions. And if you're ready to be a cycle breaker, DM me and say, I'm ready to be a cycle breaker. Give it a hashtag, where do I begin? And we have tons of options, uh, depending on your commitment level uh, from fuck it, I'm ready to, uh, can I just try out the breathwork event? Uh, you know, we have tons of them. It's in the, it's in our group. All the links are posted in the group in the pinned post at the top and uh, see you at the next perfect time.